Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Everyone, and welcome back to a new season of Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian. Three cups of coffee, Brodsky. Ooh, three. How recently? Yeah. Um. How recently? Yeah. Like were they um, spread out, or was it like one, two, yes. three? Yes. They were spread out. One when I woke up. We'll call it around seven a.m. One around twelve p.m. on my lunch break, and then one at like. Like, uh, just a macchiato at five to give me a little mm. boost. A casual five so o'clock can, uh, macchiato. Yeah, I, I don't have to be up tomorrow, so I can be caffeinated and stay up as long as my body requires me to because I have dehydrated myself with all the caffeine. But we're not here to talk about my we caffeine have different intake lives, yet. <laughs> can I tell you how well, much coffee I had today? How much? I had one medium decaf iced Dunkin'. <laughs> Dude, you've changed, man. I have to. I feel like eight years ago, Karina, the two of us living in New York City, much like these Glee kids, yes. would you and I both would have been three cups deep at this Crush hour. Crush a cold brew at 5 p.m., no problem. Absolutely. And then, you know, roll out of Inwood and into the Lower East Side for yeah. whatever fucking reason. Yes. So, anyway, we're not <laughs> here to talk about caffeine intake. We are here, yeah. however, to discuss what? Season five. Season five of Glee. We're here. We're back. There's nothing to rhyme. Um, right. Uh, what a joy it is to be back on this show. I haven't watched Glee in months. And yeah. today I sat down and watched this first episode and I was like, it's the huh. same. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's still happening. So I guess we can just get right into it. We're here today to discuss the premiere of season five. So season five, episode one. It is entitled "Love, comma love, comma love." It originally How aired. How dare you put the commas in there? I needed people to know what the structure, sentence structure, looks like. Yes, um, important stuff. This originally aired September twenty sixth, two thousand thirteen. Happy birthday, Ian Brodsky. Yeah. <laughs> wow, My what a gift for you. 22nd birthday. That's and I know exactly wow. where I was. 22nd. Where were you? Oh, uh, well, when this was premiering, I was probably in my car driving up to New Paltz because you and Sarah and like a group of our friends still lived up there, going to y'all's collective house oh, and yeah. uh, getting ready to just have a grand old birthday bash up in the Paltz. Love that. I'm so glad we welcomed you. If it was your 22nd, that means I must have been 21 at that point then. Yeah, you had I just think. turned 21. Yeah, because it would have at the end of August. So we probably had a great time. I'm Oh, I'm assuming we did. Who can remember? Not me. For many nope. reasons, I'm sure. Uh-huh. I only have one photo of my phone that says it's from 2013. And it's definitely not. So I have no idea... No photographic evidence of what we did. Um, wow. But that means, Ian, does that mean you lived in New York City at the same time that Rachel Berry was canonically living in New York City? 
Canonically, yes, but I had not at that point moved to New York. That would not happen for another about a month and a half, we'll call okay. it. It was around the Thanksgiving time when I moved out on my own into New York. That's so fun. Well, yeah. I guess we can, now that we've established where we were in time in history, I still in college, Ian striking out on his own as a young ingenue or whatever. Um, Truly. Uh, oh, Lord. Working at the container store, I think. Um, yes, yes. Mm, container store Ian hits different. Truly. I don't know precisely why, but I just know what he does. He, he was a different bitch. He had a passion for closets that not, couldn't be contained. He was so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Mm-hmm. He was so, you know, and he, late 2013, Ian was just coming off of his first ever movie premiere at the Toronto oh. Film Festival, too, because that was early September. Yeah. So... September 2013, Ian was a very anxious, but very excited, confident young fella. Just like Rachel Berry, maybe. Honestly, possibly. (laughs) And we do open on her chemistry read for Funny Girl at the St. James Theater. Good get, great house. Real theater? That was my first question. I I didn't take note. Famously, where the producers ran for oh. its, so it's not record breaking, but pretty long run, and where the recent revival of Into the Woods lived. Oh. Yeah. So they're and, becoming, uh, not where current yeah. Funny Girl is, though. Not where current Funny Girl is. That would have been That's like the too August coincidental. Like that would have been to have too fully meta, predicted yeah. the Funny Girl revival. Um, oh, yeah. then we'd really be living in like a simulation. So. Yeah. My note here is we open on Funny Girl, and it's that guy. Which that guy? Uh, the one she's reading with. Okay. Um, and I didn't bother to look up where I recognized him from, but I realize now looking it up that I do recognize him from Fantastic Four. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Honestly, thank God. Um, so, Yon? I-O-A-N? Yoan? Yoan? Yoin. Hold on, it's Welsh. What? Oh, it said both. The, the Wikipedia said both his first name and last name. So I was like, how is that? Okay, here. Yoan, I think. It might actually cool. be closer to Ian. So maybe that's Hooray. how you say it. Anyway, he was Reed Richardson Fantastic Four. It's that guy. It's that guy. And but you know what my first note is? Mm-hmm. I thought she already had her final callback. Yes, this is a chemistry read. Yes, but a chemistry read would be part of... A don't call it callback. a final callback if you're still having to see them audition for stuff. Also, and is it common for that to only be an already cast actor and the director and no one else? Um, it could happen. Okay. That, I, that I buy. Um, I'm a little more confused as to why she already had a final callback, but not yet a chemistry read, because I've had things where my final callback was part chemistry read. Maybe, yeah, they don't know. I mean, the answer, of course, is Glee doesn't know what they're doing. Right. That is, that is evident in this episode. Um, do you know who the director of Funny Girl is in this universe? Who? It's the dad from Twilight. Thank fucking Christ. (laughs) Yes. 
Carlisle, not Charlie. We'll never know. He does not show up in this show. Sadly. This that's our pitch for the Um. Yeah, so she's doing a chemistry read against the guy who plays main man in Funny Girl, whose name I could not know. Also, making it more meta is that there is a revival of Camelot in this universe. Yes. And there is currently a revival of Camelot IRL, which is about to close. So Glee Mm. Universe Camelot is doing a lot better than uh, (laughs) Lincoln Center Camelot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Apparently she is charming and she looks right for the part. Jewish. I'm I'm giving eyes. Um, but she's young. Um, it would be a discovery, but it's a risk. I um, uh, when she's like finishing, she gets cut off at her audi- at the chemistry read mm-hmm. after what seemed like an arbitrary amount of time to me. I don't know if it was long or short. Yeah, fair. And then she like goes up to this guy who was in Camelot and like just fully fangirls at him, which I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do. I think there's a way to go about it. You can absolutely say, hey, I'm a big fan of your work. It was great reading with you. But then she, like, oh, no, I'm thinking of another part, but you're right. She does fangirl there. Like, Yeah, she fangirl just says, like, one. a little too much. Right. Oh, as they're walking out of the theater. So she has, like, stored her stuff in a green room and is sitting there looking sad because she got cut off at her chemistry read by Carlisle, the dad from Twilight. Here's them set, call them her, like, green, you know. And then they said... What did we hear from Claire Danes' people? Which leads me to ask, Claire Danes is Fanny Bryce? Would that you be know, a fit? I don't know. I Claire Danes is very talented. She was excellent in Fleischman is in Trouble. Okay. Um, but great, great, great thought experiment. Claire Danes um, is Fanny Bryce. Let us yeah. know. Let us know. What do you think? I don't think she's Jewish, which mm. would cause some... Uh, which would cause some debate amongst the communities. That's fair. Claire Danes Jewish? Question mark? She's, she's Christian. Okay, there you go. And with Rachel Berry being sad in a green room, we get our first Beatles cover of the episode. Yes, so this is the Beatles episode part one, um, which you did not, did you know that going in? I think it's something that either y- you and our friends of the show alluded to or someone told me at one point and I yeah. forgot, but it rang a bell when she started singing yesterday, I, um, which she does now. She does. She walks sadly through the streets of New York City. Um, I have a question about that in a second, but um, the idea of singing the song, Beatles song yesterday over a botched audition is like wild to me. It's bananas. Like, like, I get that it's it's a big deal, but this early on, it did not feel like the stakes were high enough. No. And also, it's like, not that Rachel Berry hasn't had any problems, but Rachel Berry hasn't had any problems. Her problems aren't so far away. Cassandra July was just, like, three months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, when she's, like, s- s- we're, like, singing the lines all sadly of, like, also they pronoun changed cowardly, but, you know. Fine, um, fine. Um, cowardly in this instance, better in a later one. Um, and she just says, why did he have to go? I don't know. He wouldn't say. I'm like, is she singing about the director? <laughs> like, right. Leaving this... the theater being like, why did he leave? And he didn't even tell me why. 
it felt very shoehorned, and we'll talk about it as we go, but it felt like they started at one point and yeah. worked backwards. Yes. So they had to plug in Beatles songs the best they could yeah. to fit And there's a, a lot of them in this episode. There's, there's like one, shit. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight songs, which is about actually average for a Glee episode, but it felt like a lot. They just felt like they kept on coming. Side note, but on that note, it took me three sit-downs to get through this episode. Wow. And not just because I was kind of bored, but also just because of timing and my own yes. fatigue. But I remember in session number one, watching this and being like, I'm either, I don't know if I'm too tired for this or if this just is not warranted, but doesn't it's matter a, because It's a weird we choice. It. Now, yeah. if I'm recalling correctly the episode, she walks out of this theater and then is... She goes. She goes somewhere, and then she's in Central Park. Yes. She goes somewhere in between the theater and Central Park, though, and I was like, I wonder if that's at all something someone would do. Um. Oh, she is looking at her reflection in Sardi's window. That's I it. I have that she, note. She walks past because, Sardi's and then gets into Central Park. Because, you know, caricatures of the Broadway right. big wigs. That should be her. That should be her. But, you know, yesterday. Right. Um. Yes, she... She walks through Central Park. My note is, where is Mr. Abs? Um, I I have a thought. I had also had a thought about that, but uh, Finn told him to fuck off. He's gone forever, I'm pretty sure. No, you're right. You're right. He, he disappeared. He ghosted. Um, and half of this Central Park montage also mirrors uh, Begin Again tour spots. Yes! Uh, you could like have she's... been there when they were filming. Like she, it's it's like they saw the rough cut of Begin Again, and they were like, you know what's cool? The Central Park Lake. You know what's yeah. also cool? That part that's like underneath, not a bridge, but that part that's sort of enclosed but leads yeah. out to the uh, the other part of the lake. That's neat. Boat let's house? have a. It's by the boathouse. Yeah. But it's like let's have Leah Michelle sadly Stand sing there, around there. Look mournful. Sing a mournful song about her boss audition. Right. Which we don't even know she botched, just she got cut off, which, I don't know, is that a thing that people do? Yeah. You can be I mean, cut off and, like, thank you, and it still and could it, be fine. Absolutely. It's a shitty feeling, but it is true that they've it, they've just seen enough. Yeah. It sucks in the moment, but it's, it's, well, how it's it fine. Goes. Gotta how get it used to the business, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, she sounds fine. Yeah, I don't oh, care. Yeah. Like musically, it's fine. It's whatever. Like, uh, I guess is this a good time? I don't know if you had a plan, but uh, your thoughts on the Beatles, Karina? What are they? That's a great time. Um, I am actually like a pretty large Beatles fan. Fuck yeah! Yeah, like they were very instrumental to my childhood. I listened to them a lot growing up. Um, so. Like, yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm down to listen to the Beatles in many, many situations. And, like, I could categorize a lot of these songs. Like, it's hard to be like, you don't want to sit down and be like, these Glee covers were better than the Beatles. Some, which, like, it's a hard, a hard place to go. But I will say that some of these are covers from this episode are really up there. And some this is not one of them. Some of these covers it's, do it justice. Yes, and this one is fine. It's fine. It's fine. I wouldn't listen to it again. I would listen to the regular. <laughs> I would listen to the Beatles yesterday. 
instead. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I too am a big Beatles fan, even if, even if I'm not someone that could name every song from every album and like no, mix. No, who like, could? I, I know people who could, and okay. I love those people. Like yes. one of my best friends in the world is a massive Beatles fan, and like the like that's just her, that's her bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly respect that. I would not make her watch this episode of Glee. I'm not that mean, but big. I don't want to say big risk doing the Beatles because it sounds like an yeah. obvious, uh, what's what's the word we use? Uh, an ob- uh, an obvious like tribute episode. Yeah, low hanging fruit in some yeah. ways. But um, yeah, it's uh, this is fine. Yes. We get a very simple Glee title card. Yes. And, and then, uh, we're in the choir room. We open yeah. up with a couple meta comments. Which yes. is first saying Tina being like, I, we've never spent two weeks on a thing before, so now you know yep. it's a two-parter episode of The Beatles. Uh-huh. And then Katie is like, this school year feels like it's been going on forever, to let you know that we are still, in fact, in the same school year. Which, funny. That's cute. Yes. So it's like spring for them, I guess, yeah. is something to note. Right. And, um... And this is like this is all to an underscore of help. Yes, uh, but not singing, just the instrumentals playing, right? Um, correct. Yeah. And Foreshadowing. Someone says, "You wonder why ever." Oh, because Kitty's doing all these meta comments, and she's yeah. being mean, and then Tina's like, "And you wonder why everyone hates you," and that was funny. Um. And uh, she was like, "Bring your A game. These uh, sing these songs, and uh, let's do back to back champions and create a new directions dynasty. Hooray!" Okay. Yeah. Um, we get Kitty riding Artie's lap on the wheelchair, which is really fucking cute. Yes, this is something that like Artie brings it back to. Like, thanks for helping me get into the school of my dreams. Like, so we're yeah. supposed to remember that's how their relationship has been progressing. Yeah. And- he thanks her for making him come clean to his mom, mm-hmm. so he invites her to breadsticks. She hates breadsticks. She hates breadsticks, but she also brings up his dating history. Yes. And how every relationship has failed, and while to drag Allie Stoker into this, she did yeah. nothing to anybody here. You're gonna bring- <laughs> take Tony Award winner Allie Stoker's name out of your mouth. Yo, by the way- I would say bottom line up front, but we're about 10 minutes into the episode or whatever. Yes. Um, Thank you to everyone who has sent me the video and the photo and the meme of the tote bag that says, uh, Alex Newell has more Tonys than Leah Michelle, and that's what you missed on Glee. I also received that meme more than (laughs) once, at least twice, I think. At least. So, Um, people understand what we're about. There are two Tony Award... No, there are... Well, there are two performance Tony Award winners from Glee... Yep. Neither of them are Leah Michelle, and I, I learned from listening to Gleek of the Week that Jenna Ushkowitz also has producing Tonys. Yes. So, more people with Tonys than Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle. Yep. No shade or whatever. Well, a little shade. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. Anyway, so uh, Kitty hates breadsticks, so Artie offers to bring her to a carnival. Is it yes or no? And immediately we jump into a cover of Drive My Car. Yes, baby, you can drive my car. Okay. Yeah. This felt um, shoehorned, I will say. <laughs> it is it's like they knew that there were bumper cars at a carnival and they were like, I got it. Cause like also I will say like Mr. Shoe at the beginning says like first we're focusing on their early years 
and next week we'll deal with like and next episode will be later Beatles. So we're getting a lot of like early early Beatles. So I really it really felt like they were like looking down the list of songs. And people were like, well, I really like this one. Can we get it in? And everyone's like, sure, we'll find some right. way to incorporate the song "Baby You Can Drive My Car" into this episode of Glee. Bumper cars. Sure. Again, feels like they worked backwards. Yes. Um, it's fun. It's fine. The two Fs. Yep, it's fun and fine. Uh, uh, Kitty does the low harmony on all of it. That was so weird to me. Which is so... Which I was like, oh, a choice. Not a bad a one, choice. but like... A choice. A noticeable one. A noticeable one. I'm, I imagine that there was a better choice, higher harmony option, but... Um, yeah. I'm not Glee, so whatever. No. Um, yeah, funny that Cord Overstreet's hair is like so much so longer. So long. Out of I don't hate it. Some people are really against it. I think it looks good on him, but I'm also yeah. like, are, if we're picking up from where last season left off, His I, hair I don't grew think quite quickly. Yes. Right. Um. Yeah. That the kid is taking his uh. What's that uh? Nutrafol. That kid yes. is taking his Nutrafol. There you go. All right, we got there. Um, yeah, we, we're at the carnival. We get some new mean cheerleaders. Hooray. Yes, her name is Bree, and her only job is to be a bitch, because now Kitty is too nice and developed as a character. Which is, like, not even a joke. Like, Kitty had the best character development in season four, and so now they're yeah. like, yep, need a new new Quinn, Santana Yep, and this person. one, they're like, we're not going to give this one any other characteristics except for being a bitch. And that her name is Bree, and it rhymes or it has two e's not like snaky cheese they someone said the word brie on a break and um yep. they just went ham also uh <laughs> she posted photos of them on instagram as if instagram was like demois or any other yes. gossip site which i guess it kind of was maybe back in the could have been i guess early instagram was like more fun than anything yeah it was yeah rest in peace um early instagram <laughs> current instagram still here still here um but yeah so kitty does agree to go out with artie but we got to keep it on the down low and it is because of her social status of course bummer Artie's like i guess okay and then we got rachel and santana on a bus because rachel is uh she's gonna be a waitress thanks to santana at the starlight diner which is basically Ellen's Stardust Diner because it is a diner where waitresses and waiters and non-gender conforming servers Servers, sing while they serve. And And I don't mean serve in the fun way. Is there any amount of money that you would take this job for? I mean, if it paid me more than my current day job, maybe. Mm. But I don't know. I'm never... I get it's a tourist trap. I get it's part of like the touristing new york kind of thing and i actually have a i I know a couple folks who have worked at ellen stardust diner and i have a friend that works at um a different kind of singing Singing server diner yeah not for me man that is not what i want when i am meeting up with anybody not the kind of theme i'm looking for like to either i there's so you'd have to pay me a lot of money to either pay there or dine there yeah like yeah. The experience on both ends seems quite unpleasant. I do uh, really love that video. I think both you and Jenna sent it to our group chat of, mm-hmm. like, people trying to divulge their, like, secrets and, like, trying to make sense of their life, and it's just someone screlting defying gravity behind them. Yes. 
Um, uh, I will say, though, the line, I think it's this scene, where they're like, we're basically working actresses, as they yes. like, oof. Yeah. That feels that's very, um, um, that feels, we just got off the bus from Ohio. <sighs> mood board. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yep. that's on the mood board. Uh, triggering. Anyway. Oh, also, there's a fun little joke uh, that the owner of the diner is anti-Semitic and racist. Yes, that was a quick throwaway joke that, thank you for reminding me. Don't forget, this is Cleaver. We're pulling the envelope. Nope, pushing it. (laughs) There's an envelope and we're moving it. The envelope is not where it should be. (laughs) Is the bottom line, yes. And uh, Kurt is in Ohio again. Uh, They're rehashing their dating saga because it's episode one of season five, so we gotta get some exposition. Yes. Please say we can be boyfriends again. And uh, Kurt's like, I don't know if relationships work. What about the housewives? He makes a fair point. Yes. Sure. What about the housewives? What about the housewives? And Blaine is like, oh, but for every housewife, there is... I forget who he says, but it's basically like Tom Wilson and Rita. It was... He used Will and Jada. Yes. And then also Kurt and Goldie Hawn. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. But they're going to do it anyway. They're going to be boyfriends again. Yay. And Blaine is like, I've prepared a little ditty. And Kurt is like, no. Nope. I've prepared a little ditty. And uh, But then Blaine a... still sings most of it, which makes... I like to think that Blaine had just also prepared the same song. And the marching band? The they massive had both, fucking marching they band? They had both gotten a marching band ready to go for this they, number. They were both just like, oh, yeah, we, we, we know that one. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure they do, actually. It seems like a good marching band song. Anyway, what song is it, Ian? Gotta Get You Into My Life. Yes. Fuck yeah. I love this. This is great. great. This is up there. This is one of the ones where I'm like, I would listen to this maybe, like, instead of the Beatles version. Sure. It's fun as fuck. There's a marching band in it. Honestly, marching bands have done wonders for this show, so... Every time there's a marching band number, it slaps. So maybe they should have... Maybe what I really want is just Glee, but it's, it takes place in the marching band instead. Honestly, let's get that show together, and then we'll put it on ice until the writer strike is over. But like, yes. we we could do a marching band series of Glee. Of Unfortunately, we have to find a lot of people who can play marching band instruments. They're out there. I I have no doubt that they're out there. Yeah, and um, all those. I almost said deceased, and that's not the right word, but like. Their marching band dreams are dead now because they're an adult, right. and there's not a lot of opportunities to be an adult marching band kid. That's that's a fun concept, though. Adult marching band. I'm sure it exists. I'm I know it exists, but like in the uh, almost academic mm-hmm. team kind of way. Anyway, uh, the song is about eighty percent marching band and, and uh, about twenty percent Clayne walking up the sideways stairs. Love this. Ten out of ten. No <laughs> notes. <laughs> And it is sealed with a kiss. It's um, perfect. Like, this... It's great. There's nothing wrong with this scene. Great. I- I'm so happy for you that this happened. I it, Every time I watch it, I get ha- I'm happy. I'm like, hell yeah. Good. Marching Good. band, and they're dancing around the, un- the definitely fake Ohio sunshine. Yep. They're... The unseasonably warm Ohio sunshine. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10, no notes. Anyway, Sue is back at McKinley. Because and now school- she's principal. And now she's principal, because she planted a lot of evidence, including a lot of porn magazines of varieties, yeah. 
Um, and a copy of Mein Kampf. Didn't need that, Signed. but okay. Signed. Didn't need that either. No. And, um, the position could become permanent. She doesn't regret a single thing. And, uh, last time she was principal, she squandered an opportunity for greatness. Not again. Not today. We get a classic, you're a monster, Sue Sylvester, because Fagans is a janitor now. Yep. Then we cut immediately to another song. Immediately. That was the most jarring one for me. Yes. It was just, suddenly Artie's turning the corner and singing, You've Gotta Hide Your Love Away. Because, yeah. as you might recall, they're currently hiding their love away. Apropos enough. Half yeah. a point. And they are, quote, meeting under the stars and all that, where they meet up in the cafeteria for their no, clandestine. The astronomy classroom. The astronomy class, thank you. My bad. And uh, it's cute. They have their little clandestine meetings, and Kitty has stuck up uh, ceiling uh, messages on the ceiling. Yes, with which pencils. like is very impressive. Yes, but Artie's still sad because he, you know, she ignores him in the hallway with the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. They have to hide their love away. And uh, Tina sees this. Tina sees yes, when Tina Kitty is it. not acknowledging him. Yes. Um, thoughts on this cover? It's cute. It's it's a cute song. It, it's it's fun. Yeah. It is not the best cover of You Got to Hide Your Love Away. Is the best cover of You Have to Hide Your Love Away the one from SNL where they're all sharing confessionals in the middle of the verses? No. I've never seen that one. My it's, answer was a real answer, but let's hear this. It's like, you gotta look it up because it's... I forget who exactly is in the sketch itself, but I believe it's Bill Hader and or Will Ferrell, not Will Ferrell, um, Will Forte, and Jason Sudeikis, and whichever uh, celebrity guest was hosting that week. And in between, it's basically just choruses, but in between choruses, they tell escalating stories about, like, love and hiding it away and and doing awful shit and things and it's very funny highly recommend go check it out i don't know if it holds up because this was at <laughs> least 10 years ago but that's fair uh, that's a classic uh i was thinking of the eddie vetter cutter cover oh i gotta check that out it's good i believe you um so this is not as good as eddie vetter but perfectly fine perfectly fine hooray Glee Club back again yep. uh, blaine has another announcement and it's that clane is back together but that's and, not uh, all. That's not all. He's going to ask Kurt to marry him. The best and part about this scene was Sam, Sam, like, the dead silence, and then Sam standing up and being like, that's my best friend. My best friend. friend. Gay, Gay marriage, marriage is yeah. good, everyone. Good things. Like, trying to hype up the Glee Club for teenage marriage. Right, truly. Thing. He's one because, step away from just being like, if you don't support this, you're homophobic. Absolutely. It's truly, Sam said, gay rights. Mm-hmm. Um, what an ally. And, That's my friend. And Blaine wants a incredible proposal uh, in which he wants to enlist help from every other rival school. Yeah. Why? Because it's a cultural statement. Because no matter where you go, except Russia, LOL, <laughs> uh, people are beginning to see that no matter who you are, we're not all that different. Um, yep. <laughs> didn't last that longly. And, uh... No sadly and then we dive right into help yes they sing help it's fun as well it's fun i love it you know we love a blam number we're blam oh, yeah. supporters here in this podcast big blam stands a blam yeah. jam if you will yeah and this is a blam jam they run around they are t the, the body language is like very like 
It's got like a little bit of like make them laugh, like flailing around vibes. Yeah. Where it's the physical comedy is kind of there in the background. They're running around. They go to vocal adrenaline first, I think. Yeah. It's funny because there there are vocal adrenaline keep out signs for uh, somewhere. Yes. That's very funny. And they just roll um, under a, a slightly ajar garage door to go. Yeah. And everyone's like cool with it. I Everyone's guess because cool they're in the it. middle of a song and they can't have conflict. Right. And uh, it's a fun sequence because then they go to uh, the school for the deaf. Yes. Where they immediately get their go-ahead. They sign help. Um, I did, like, at one point I think there's, like, a caption of signing where it's, like, they're, like, oh, God, it's those McKinley kids again. I missed that, but thank fucking God. That is so <laughs> or good. Or they're, like, oh, man, these clowns, but they're, like, oh, I guess so. We'll do it. So good. Um, and then finally they get to the Dalton. The Warblers, yes. The Warblers, and uh, my note is, oh, God, not the fucking Flash. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. again. It's Flash. Flash is back. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was, like, the extent of my notes on this scene. I was like, oh, the Flash is back. Right, the Flash is back, and the Warblers are in because they want to repair their reputation. Yes. Great, great. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Yes. All the Glee kids, hooray. And this episode is, like, barely an episode, as much as it is a bunch of scenes that are moderately related to each other. Uh, that's it. Yeah, we could we could end it right there. Right? But, but we don't. We, we, have to, we have to go back to New York City, center of yes. the universe. Uh, times are shitty. Thank you. Um... So we're back in the restaurant, and Rachel's doing a fine enough job, it seems, which I don't believe, yeah. but okay. Oh, um, real quick, we do yes. get uh, Tina confronting Artie in the hallway about oh, this whole yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Super quick, because Tina's perturbed, but Artie's like, thank you, but but the hell's out. Yes, I appreciate your concern, but I swear I'm fine. Right. And then we do cut back to not Ellen Stardust. Yes. And um, this is what I was thinking about in the beginning, where Rachel walks up with their meals and goes, Yep, I work here, and I'm a star. Even if you do think I'm too green or too young, which I am not. So I have several problems with this. First of all, she's on, like, on the second floor of this diner, which sounds awful. But, and then she's, like, complaining, and Santana's like, Oh, yeah, well, look who's sat in my section. So... It's clear that it's not her table. Um, right. It's Santana's. So Rachel's like, I got this. She did not need she to do that. She does say that. She does not need to right. do that. She probably shouldn't do that because that's going to really mess everything up. But, which means it's not like she got sad with him and now has to deal with it. She chose to go up and be like, yeah, this is awkward. I work here. But, and. None like of she, this had to happen. She, she created this situation for herself. And. She's like, and I'll show you I'm a star. And she basically goes, hit it. And then they all sing Hard Day's Night. Which I'm aware... Okay, also. Why are those... Why is the director and soon-to-be male lead of Funny Girl populating this singing waiter diner on purpose? There's no way. No way. Absolutely not where they would voluntarily choose to have lunch. Fuck no. Ugh. That's a good point. I didn't even clog that one, but right? you're correct. So they and, sing um, their song. They sing Hard, Hard Day's, Day's Night. Night. A classic. Also, fine. Fine. It's fine. 
It's um, it's it's fun and fine. Yes, makes it makes sense theatrically. Sure, if yeah, if the if honestly if they had opened the episode with this and then it, it would had have been, been better, it would have been so much better. And then it could have opened with somewhat of that scene of like, hey, I got you this job, and uh, yeah, now, now you're gonna work for it. Now you're gonna work for it, and we're basically working actresses anyway. LOL, single tier. Yeah, um, there is one cutaway where some dude is just fully not clapping on the beat and to that i say thank you good and then okay can i tell you though they sing the song it's fine it ends and as soon as the song ends just like right through it's like let's go home what truly (laughs) this is your job this is your job and i'm sure i don't even if uh, shift was ending there's like at least six things you have to do before you could just walk out of the restaurant I imagine one of them is clocking out. Clocking out, at least. You can't just, you can't be like, I'm bored. Let's leave. We have other things to do at home. It's like, wow, that that one Beatles number really took it out of us. Uh, we're going to call it here. We're not I even dropped... going to collect the tip from right? this specific order. They didn't even finish that table. She dropped off their cheekily named burgers? Chicago burgers. Um, oh, my God. That's another fucking thing. Like The, the fact Roxy, that the Velma, food... and a side of Billy Flynn's. Oh, kill me. That was that was offensive. I consider that that's a, that that's a crime. That's, it is. Yeah. Also, if I was personifying the cast of Chicago, it wouldn't be burgers and fries. No, it would be salads. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, then they fucking leave in the middle of their shift because Rachel got a text from Blaine, and they're like, not so like they're like leaving, leaving. They're leaving the state. They're again the plane budget. They're gonna get the air- fired. They won't. They're gonna get but they fired. Should. Fuck. Anyway, Roz and Shu are in Sue's office, and they're worried because Roz has admitted to a lot of crime in a, a lot good of crime. fifteen seconds. Um, and Will's like, "Well, but she just doesn't like me." Yeah. So they basically just set up the stakes for this season, which is right. Glee Club has to win nationals, or else it's gone forever. As does the Cheerios, because yes. now that Sue Sylvester is principal, she is. It is incumbent upon her to foster an environment of champions. Fine. Honestly, it reminds me of my high school. And Oof. guess what? We did not win jack shit. Yeah, you weren't even part of the Jimmies. Karina. <laughs> Separate episode. Separate episode. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye out. One day. I guarantee you, listeners, maybe not here, but one day you will hear us discussing the Jimmies. Oh my god. Oh, anyway, we're back in the choir room? Yes, because yes. week one has been epic. I think we really unpacked what makes the Fab Four such an instant sensation. Did they? Sure, they didn't do shit, but okay. <laughs> and um, has anyone called them the Fab Four? In, like, the li- world of the Beatles? In, uh, yes. Yeah. Like, IRL. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, a known nickname of them is the Fab Four. Oh, oh real. Oh, I learned that today. Anyway. You're welcome. Thank you. And um, Tina immediately steps in to be like, well, didn't the Beatles in the early years have each other's backs? And they're like, yeah, why do you say so, Tina? And she's like, because Kitty and Artie are dating, and you all should know, but Kitty uh, is hiding her love away so to speak yes as it were like right and kitty's like yeah you're right you got me there but um it's not just because of my status 
It's because I want to be really sure that I really like you, Artie, and that I could risk my status and getting hurt. Yeah, so the conflict lasted roughly 15 minutes for Kitty and Artie. And now yeah. she's like, whatever, I'll date you in person. No more right. secret. The thing I like about this is I like you even with all those YouTube fail videos you made me watch. See, I liked, um, I'm going to say this in this Jesus and love forsaken room. Yeah, true. In relation to uh, all the other failed relationships that started there. Uh, Artie would be, look at him, he would be into YouTube fails. Like, this is yeah. just a true fact about Artie. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's on game for him. Yep. And she does apologize to him for asking to keep a secret, and then gives him the go-ahead to make it Facebook official. Um, hey, our listeners, anybody yeah. remember Facebook official that was born after 1994? Yep, god, a different time. Different time. Um, so yeah, they're a thing, Tina's not cool about it. Put, put yeah. a pin in that. Yes. And, except not for long, because yeah, immediately... Pin, you could take the pin out now, because we're back, back to the next part of the plot. Right. I'm guessing that there was a commercial break there when I watched it. There must have um, been, yeah. And it's Blaine with Sam, Ryder. Jacob, and Ryder. Yeah. I was forgetting the young Puckerman's name. And they're talking about how one of us has turned into a mean, bitter, angry person. And then they just talk about Tina's past dating life. Yes. And, like, how it failed with Artie, and then uh, Mike Chang, it failed, yeah. Um, And now she's eating her feelings. I did, okay, I don't like that, but I do like... I know what you're (laughs) gonna say. It's so stupid! They're like, I walk past, and then it's like, she's, like, eating cake in a classroom. And then they're all just like... It's good cake, though. It's good cake. Real that good cake. cake. Great. And then Blaine's like, guys, stop talking about the cake. I've had it. I know it's delicious. <laughs> it's like the stupidest little, like, one-off conversation, and it was the funniest part the of the episode The best part of the episode. Me. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, I don't care about the storyline because Justice for Tina. Yeah. Um, it kind of sucks that her entire story arc, well, her, I mean, her, her entire usage throughout season four and into season five is around men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna get different, but not better, I would say. I believe that. Anyway, Figgins is a janitor now. Again, I, I know he's mentioned that, but... Yes. Uh, Sue has suspended her intern, and Becky is now her becretary. Yeah, like which, is, which is good. That's good. That's good. One point. Um, anyway, here's a five-gallon bucket of lunch meat, and uh, Sue tips it over, just to be rude, Deadass, um, I had to look away from that. I'm like, that's just yucky to look at. It was at. so gross. Um, it did look like doo-doo. It did. And she did change her name to Sue Rodham Sylvester, which is very funny. That is funny. But I'm wondering if they lost the rights to Carmina Barana because her, like, epic walking down the hallway uh, music is similar, but, but not, not Carmina Barana. Interesting. I did not clock that. It could be. Glistener's right in. And then we cut to... I don't even remember what the point of that scene was other than for Sue to be mean to Figgins. Mean. But Literally, my note is Sue is mean, blah, blah, blah. So I yeah. think that was the whole point. Yeah. And uh, Tina enters the auditorium. She's like, why'd you make me wear this? I had to break out the Grease costumes. And Which I'm like, that's the no wrong era, sense, babe. Because, yeah, she's wearing a clearly 60s-inspired dress, and Grease is very notably 50s. set in the 50s. It's very poodle skirt energy, yes. Yes, and she's clearly dressed from the 60s, so someone did not understand some part of the assignment. Um, and they're all sitting on stage dressed as early Beatles. 
Yeah. And they do kind of bad Liverpool accents. Which, like, I, 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 I give that a pass because it's four American 17-year-old dudes try, just being charming. So yeah. good for them. And they sing, I saw her standing there um, in what is clearly a tribute to the Beatles' performance on mm-hmm. the Ed Sullivan Show. Can I tell you a moment I had during this? Please. So I'm sitting there, I'm like watching, I'm like, oh, it's a tribute to them on the Ed Sullivan Show. And then I was like, wait a minute, Ed Sullivan is the song they sing at Bye Bye Birdie, right? Yes, And then I was like, Ed Sullivan's the, is Ed Sullivan real? Yes, (laughs) I was like, and I I know that, and I know that, but I'm like, (laughs) but, and then I was like, but they didn't change his name for Bye Bye Birdie? I'm like, is, is that, I was like, is Ed Sullivan the one they made up for Bye Bye Birdie and is a very similar name for the real one? Or do they just use the real ass guy in Bye Bye Birdie? They and just I got know, the rights to the name. I know that they did that, but my brain like was just clouded over with concern that I had forgotten who the very famous Ed Sullivan was because I could only remember him in the context of the Bye Bye Birdie. Oh my god, that's plot. wild. That's really funny. Thank you for being so vulnerable and brave. Yeah, um, but that's what it is. They sing. I saw her standing there to Tina. I thought you were going to say, yeah, they sing the Ed Sullivan song from Bye Bye Birdie. Ed Sullivan. <laughs> Which, fun fact, I did play Randolph in Bye Bye Birdie, so that was that one tracks. of two songs that I sang in. Yeah. I was 15 years old. Good my for voice, you. I mean, my voice still hasn't changed, but my voice very much had not changed yet. Yeah. Anyway, yes. if, if this episode gets 100 likes for whatever uh, <laughs> clip we post, I will dig up a video or a photo of me as Randolph McAfee. Okay, well, now this has to be the clip we post so people know that, and then they like the clip, and then I can watch you play Randolph from <laughs> Bye Bye Bet. Birdie. Bet. <laughs> I fucking um, love Bye Bye Birdie. I am okay with it. I didn't have a great experience with it, so I don't, mm. I think I just, bad taste in my mouth, but. You know, put a bit, put a bit in this conversation, too. Oh my god. I'm just gonna say, this, uh, all of, uh, Rose's songs are phenomenal. Spanish Rose is an underrated Truth. banger. Anyway, yes, it did your, is. Did your high school do Bye Bye Birdie too? Not when I was there. Okay. The only did anyway. weird shit. Remember? Yes, I, I. Yes, you're right. Um. Yeah, and so it's the map of Beatlemania. We got all the ladies from the Glee Club all acting out of them. the mania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is only four I, of them. I wish they had been able to get a couple more ladies in to make it right. a little more. If Santana and Rachel were in town, and Mercedes, apparently... Or even just, like, fill it with random extras, like... Yeah. Just to, like, really make it look like Call Vanessa back for a day. Right? I don't actually know if she's in this season at all, I'm gonna be honest. I doubt it, but honestly, good for her. And uh, second funniest moment of the episode was Tina going, I don't understand what this is for. Yeah. (laughs) Same, Tina, uh, to be honest. Right? And that's when they have to spell it out that it's a promposal. You can go yeah. with any one of you can go to prom with any one of us, except for Jake, because he's but not Jake. He's just here for forget. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Tina ultimately chooses Sam because he's the least gay and the least Asian of all of you. Which is true, actually. I mean not incorrect. Um, yeah. and she's looking to change her patterns. Okay. Um good actually, for I, guess um, I got confused. I don't know why she would say that about Ryder. It's true about Blaine, who is gay in this show, and right. at least partially, I think, Filipino in real life, so... Right. But not in the show. So, I well, that's a confusing Ryder, statement about Ryder, then. 
Well, maybe because Ryder is still with Neckbrace Girl, who does appear in this episode. I know! Neckbrace Girl was there for a hot second, and I'm happy for, for her because she collected a check. Yes, as she should. Um, so yeah, she picks Sam. He's good arm candy. True. We yeah. would all make the same choice. Yeah, totally. You know who else is collecting a paycheck? Marley, because she has done jack shit except for show up today. Yes, she's here. She's she's like, I don't have to do any heavy lifting this episode. Good for me. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Kurt knows that Bert is driving him to a surprise proposal. Yep. So it's not a terrible surprise, but yeah. to be fair, that makes sense. The magnitude of it. Yeah. He looks like very depressed about it. Um, yeah. Kurt was not the happiest camper in this episode. Kurt was like, I'm happy to be back together with him, but, like, this is a clearly big step. Kurt's basically thinking like a rational adult. And then um, our world's favorite dad was like, look, go for it if you want to. Like, I had opinions on it, but my opinions don't matter. Go and see the proposals. Make up your mind then. You're your own man. Um, yep. All you got to do is listen to his proposal, say yes, no, or maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then he does also talk about, like, this is a little manipulative, I think, on both Bert's part and Glee's, but basically being like, I wish I'd married your mother earlier because she died. So. <laughs> that is that is the Sparknotes version of his monologue, yeah. Which is like, you could not get married, but then they might die. And you're like, okay. You know, True, the two but, two extremes, but f- go off. Yeah, fine, good enough. Um, and then we, and Kurt death marches up to. Oh, it is a death march. You're right to Dalton Academy for the final scene of the, the episode, which largest is largest rendition of "All You Need Is Love." Listeners, I must tell you, every time I watch this scene, I cry. <laughs> I don't blame you. I cry this... every time. Every time, even uh, if I just watch it on YouTube, it makes me cry. It's it's an excellent scene. And this is what I mean when I say they worked backwards, because yeah. I imagine that they found the perfect scene for the Blaine proposal, and they were yeah. like, how do we fit this in? How because do we do this? this is gold. Like, everything about it, from Blaine's Hufflepuff realness suit yep. to... Him walking through the halls to the deaf choir signing the song as oh they go. God. Yeah, so it's like they come in, the warblers are singing back up to all you need, and like Blaine comes out, starts singing All You Need Is Love, and then like Vocal the, Glee, adrenaline Club, is the dancing. Glee Club all walks in, and like suddenly Mercedes is there, which we haven't like, no one mentioned. Suddenly you're just like, Mercedes? And then, she, yeah, it turns out it's Mercedes. No one she's talked like, about yeah. her, but she's here. Um, all the boys in Glee Club are wearing Letterman jackets for some reason instead yeah. of nicer outfits. The girls are all in, like, red, and the vocal adrenaline comes in, and Kurt's led through, like, their ballroom dancing and doing flips and shit. They, um, by the way, vocal adrenaline has one outfit, and good yeah, and for them. Yeah, it's the blue puffy dress, and it's great. Yep. And then, like, Kurt's led through this whole thing. Everyone's singing to him. He gets to the top of the stairs where he and Blaine met for the first time. He starts descending down the stairs. This is where I start crying. The rose petals <laughs> come out from the ceiling. And yep. then Blaine moves into my favorite part of All You Need Is Love, which is at the very end where Paul and the real thing starts singing like... Um, he loves you. Yes. And this is, where the, this is where the pronoun switch works because yes. Blaine changes it to he loves you. And like that slow 
Oh, and it's perfect. It's perfect. I'm sorry, Glee. You did a good job. It's, I hate you yeah. for it. Two points to Glee. Now I've been emotionally manipulated. <laughs> for the better. Um, I cry. Like if you cry every team. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Blaine's like, I met this man at the stairs and we held hands. And that was out of character for me. Although you wouldn't have known it at the time because people didn't know what my character was going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get, you're should we get married? And Kurt's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm down. It's, yeah. He's more enthusiastic than that. but Yes. He is and ultimately, like, you like, yes. Guess what? That's the end of the episode. It is. Honestly, cool. Because it's clearly a two-part, but, like, it's, like, really not an episode, but it is a series of scenes of Beatles songs. Truly. I'm not mad at it, but... I think this is, this was a better done tribute episode than others that we've seen. Yeah. And, like, um, I'm going to include the Grease episode in that. That's, yes, that's fair. It's better than Grease. Because they did the Beatles. Grease. They were like, we're going to do the Beatles, we're, and we're not really going to worry too much about plot. We're just going to have right. this big proposal scene. Weird, like, there's a couple elephants in the room. It's weird that it's, like, a new season, and so, like, in theory, Britney left, like, a little bit ago, and they just don't yes. talk about that. Like, they, they do not and even of course, bring it up. The biggest elephant in the room is just, like, there's just no mention of or sighting of Finn for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But, like... Like, logistically, I could see, like, and people have talked about this, like, where they couldn't just deal with it immediately. This had been planned for a really long time, and they'd spent a lot of money on their Beatles rights, and it'd probably be hard to go from addressing the Finn situation back to this. Like, I imagine you also, there's also the practicality of, like, easing the audience back into a yeah. season as opposed to just hitting them with the metaphorical truck of the Finn thing. They have to get the characters to a certain point before they also, like, deal with it in fiction as well, I imagine. Right. But that was our premiere. Yeah. It had a lot happening. Not all of it was substantial, but it all happened. Um, It all happened. Should we talk about some music? Let's talk about the music. There's a lot to talk about. Um, Eam... What kind of music listening device did you have at this point in your life then? iPod oh, Touch? Are I, we on to iPhones at this point? No, I, I have an iPhone 4S at that oh point. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. well. Load up iTunes on the App Store on your iPhone 4S because you're about to purchase some music from Glee. You have to choose one of these songs to own forever with your real human money. Here's your choices. Yesterday, Drive My Car. You've got to get, got to get you into my life. You've got to hide your love away. Help, A Hard Day's Night, I Saw Her Staying There, or All You Need Is Love. Mm. Bunch. Yeah, I might do Help. Interesting. Yeah, because, like, I mean, All You Need Is Love is the best number of the episode. But it's so visual. It's so visual, and, like, I don't need to be getting emotional on the subway. No. Thinking about that. Other songs can do that. Other songs can do that just fine. Um... And, like, they, they do, I think that's a song that they do enough justice to. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, any of these songs, I'm going to be like, well, I could just listen to the Beatles version. Yeah. But, gun to my head, I would go with Help. What about uh, you? Uh, not surprisingly, probably from my earlier review, I will be going with Got to Get You Into My Life. Great. It is maybe one of the ones where I'd be like, I want to choose the Glee version first and then hit up that and Beatles then, version second. Yeah. 
Yeah. I agree with your assessment of All You Need Is Love. It's the best number, but it is you need to sit down and watch watch the performance, not just listen to it. You know what I'm mildly surprised we haven't done on this show before mm-hmm. is like some sort of bracket of like the songs you would sit down and go to on YouTube, like your go-to YouTube yeah. Glee numbers, but... I mean, I can tell you, based on my YouTube history, that the answer is still Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Because oh. YouTube's like, you want to watch this again? And I'm like, yeah. Okay. I guess. <laughs> um, Tempt me, why don't you? Never forget. Um, wow. Well. Wow. That was it. That was our first episode of the season. Holy crap. But if you were tired of the Beatles, that's too bad, because we have a whole nother Beatles episode coming up next week that we have to watch and talk about. Mm-hmm. And then, t- eighteen more episodes after that. We're in Buckle season up, five, baby. baby. We're we're getting towards the end game. How wild! The fact that this has been two and a half years so far of podcast content of us just watching Glee yep. and you guys listening to it and interacting with us on social media. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Holy shit. Mm. Um, I guess we'll plug the show now. I guess. So if you want to follow the show and such on social media, you can find us at Glee Aggressive uh, is our social media handle on all the various places, except for TikTok, which might change one day. Who knows? Um, You can contact us in long form, uh, gleeaggressive at gmail.com. What should they write in about this week, Karina? This is a real one. Write in and tell us what you're... Tell us in code, so I can understand, but Ian can't, what you're excited about for season five. Mm. Get, write a little sneaky, cryptic messages about some things you're looking forward to, and we can read them, and I'll decipher them, and Ian will just stand there confused, and it will be fun for everyone. Yay. <laughs> and then later, when we hit the happen, you can be like, that's what that secret code meant. And I'll be like, oh, Exactly. Right. He'll make that exact noise. Um, yeah. Ian, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on all the social medias at ibroski. Um, guys, listen to my new song, please. Um, yes. Trash Panda is out. It's streaming wherever you get music. Um, it's a lot of fun. I've heard some really great feedback on it. So um, to our uh, Glee aggressive folks, I hope you give it a listen. Um, and again, like the Boko episode, let us know who you think sings it in the Glooniverse. The yes. Glee universe. Where yes. can people find you, Karina? Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Twitter, I guess, while it still exists. Who knows? <laughs> right. Um, uh, at the same handle, which is Epic Adventure of. All, All right. right. Well, that is our wraps up our recap of the first episode. You can join us next week when we talk about season five, episode two, called Tina in the Sky with Diamonds. What could that be about? <laughs> I, I really hope it's them taking an acid trip. That would be hilarious. So, Ian, I will ask you, does this premiere of Glee make you want to watch this season of Glee? No. (laughs) Yeah. If I I knew off the top that, like, this episode was a two-parter so that I knew there would be a second Beatles episode, I would stay tuned at least for that because I want to see how the Beatles thing wraps up and this, air quotes, plot. Yeah. Um, But this doesn't... This doesn't get me super jazzed for the next 19. That's fair. Glee, aggressive. Glee, glee, aggressive. Glee, aggressive. Glee, glee, aggressive.